As I was thinking about some of the things that were taking place today and the the things that are before us, um, with regard in particular to men who will lead and serve this church in a way that will lead us in a direction we want to go, um, I thought about and the, the mental image of just churches in general, in particular, I know of a congregation that has for years and years, there's a preacher and there's one other man, maybe, sometimes, and the rest of the people in the congregation are women. Have you ever noticed that in many circles, women far outnumber men in church? And maybe some of it, uh, at least, you know, I'm thinking of uh, some churches that I've seen in European countries and Eastern Bloc countries. I, I think of how many are older ladies and children and the men are absent. And maybe that's been due to, you know, this this message that they have had preached to them that, you know, religion is for the weak and it's for women and children, men, who needs that? But we have that here as well. Uh, I was on a website this week that was addressing this very thing. And, you know, on a given... And I'm not talking about the Lord's Church. I'm just talking about, in general, uh, those who claim to have some kind of Christian uh, connection. 69% of those who will be at church on a, any given Sunday are women. Only 31% are men. Midweek Bible study is almost 70 to 80% women uh, and not men. And also, those who were surveyed in this uh, survey that I found said that a lot of them that do go, go because it helps to keep keep peace with their, their moms, it helps keep peace with their wives, and it helps keep peace with their girlfriends. And so there's a vast number of women who seem to be out front when it comes to spiritual leadership, and the men are lagging far behind. Now, thankfully, that's not the case here. It shouldn't be that way, and and we don't suffer with that same thing, but a whole lot of places do. And if you've ever been to other congregations, maybe you have had the experience of saying, you know, we need new elders. Who are we going to get? Who is there to, among whom to pick? Um, we need new deacons. Well, who would do that? There aren't men that are qualified or willing if they are qualified. Um, you know, again, we are blessed with able men here. And, and for that, we ought to be thankful. But I want us to look at... Um, how that need is, well, it needs to be fulfilled. It needs to be met if the church is to, to succeed and prosper. I think back to First Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 13, where the children of Israel were coming back from Babylonian captivity, and, and there were a number of It's a lot of settlement and who takes what land and where they're settled and as they come back. But there's a statement that's made in verse 13. It said of some men that they were very able men for the work of the service of the house of God. That's what we need. We need very able men 
to serve in the house of God. That need is just as much true today as it ever was. I find it interesting that the the message of Jesus, Jesus was able to go around and take a fisherman, a, a hardened manly man, you know, a fisherman, and compel him to drop his nets to come and follow him. And we struggle today trying to get men to drop the remote control for two hours a week to come and follow Jesus. We have problems that it appears that Jesus didn't always have. And I don't know, why, why is that? Could it be that maybe in some places we've watered things down till it doesn't seem worthwhile? Could it be that we haven't called them to anything that's challenging and that what they see at home and flipping channels is better than what they might get at a worship service? Could it be that we've, you know, just neglected some, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. Maybe all those are part of the problem. But I do know that Jesus and what he offers is for all men. It's not just for the women. It's not just for the children. It's not just for those who are weak. Well, fact is, we're all weak. And the reason I'm a Christian and I'm following Jesus is because I am. I'm weak. It's not a crutch. It's the only support I have. I I can't stand on my own. I have failed God. And and I have no, you know, qualms, you know, let's be a man. You know, men men don't, men aren't weak. Well, yeah, we are. We're, we're weak, we're, we're sinful, we have failed, and without a Savior, we'll be doomed. And until we can have the humility to say that and act upon that, we'll continue to see men in the background rather than out front leading. But I want us to look at what it means to be an able man. God needs able men. The church needs able men. This congregation right now, at this point in our history, right now, today, needs able men. And so the elders have said, tell us who they are. Look at the scriptures, look at the qualifications set forth in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. And look at those men, uh, the qualifications given there, and look at the men in this congregation who meet those qualifications and who seek that position and um, pray and fast and, and do the things that they did in the first century. And, and let's move forward with able men leading the way. But what is an able man? Can I give you a few qualities of men who are able and capable, and these qualities will be true of those who are appointed out from among us. First of all, an able man is one who's available. Um, What good is it if you can do anything and everything that ever needs to be done? You have every talent within your possession. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, you can do it. What good is that if you're not available? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, do you remember that occasion when Isaiah has that vision? He's taken into the throne room of God and there's thunderings and the voices and he just falls down on his face and says, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Here I am in the presence of God. I have no business being here. And he is 
touched, his lips are touched by a hot coal and he's been made clean by God. And then God, he hears a voice and God says, who will go for me and who will I send? How could Isaiah say anything but what he said? How can you, when you realize what God has done for you and cleansed you as he has, how can you sit quiet when God says, I need someone? Isaiah couldn't. Isaiah, after he had been cleansed and and been given the opportunity to be in the presence of God and, and to live, he said, Lord, here am I, send me. I don't know what it is that you... He didn't know what it was that he needed at the time. Who who will go for me? And he said, here am I, send me. He didn't know what all that involved and the details of it, but he was making himself available to God. And we need men, able men, who will make themselves available to God, who will say, you know what? I need to think about this. I, I need to consider God needs leaders. He needs shepherds to lead the flock. I don't know what all that will entail. I I don't know the good that will come from it or the the bad, the, the headaches, the heartaches that will come from it. I don't know what the future holds, but he needs men to say, here am I, send me. Able men are men who are available. Able men, number two, are men who are dependable. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, There's a passage, it ought to give comfort to us, because it doesn't say God requires that we be found successful. It says that we should be found faithful. In a steward, a steward is required to be faithful. That's what God needs. An able man is someone who is dependable, who is trustworthy, who is faithful. I'm so glad he didn't say successful. Because that would mean that, you know, when the church is kind of dropping off, maybe attendance drops off a little bit, when somebody leaves and, and things aren't going so well and we're not reaching people like we should or, or could or want, when, when people are refusing to submit their lives to Jesus because they got their buckets so full of other things, you know, that reflects on me. Oh no, what am I, what am I going to do? How do I change this? I, God doesn't require you to be successful. Noah was a great man of God, but he wasn't successful in converting the world. Why, he only converted his family. But he sure was faithful. And that's all God requires. You look at the prophets in the Old Testament, look at how many of them were abused, were stoned, were beaten, were, were uh, put to death, were ignored, were chastised, were made fun of and ridiculed. They weren't very successful, but they were faithful. Look at Jesus. How successful was he in reaching the world and saying, pick up a cross, deny yourself and follow me. How successful has that call been? He said himself in Matthew 7, there's a wide road, a broad road, and narrow road, and many that go in through that broad road that leads to destruction, only a few will follow that road that leads to life. Jesus wasn't successful in that sense of the word, but he sure was faithful to God, wasn't he? And then there's us. 
What does God call us to do? He calls us to be stewards of the gospel. We're to take care of it. We're obligated to give it back to him and give account someday for what we've done. Do we have to be successful? No. But we have to be faithful. We have to have men who are dependable to hold that gospel and to to fulfill the need and to take care of the things that belong to God. And his church is one of those things. It's his. He purchased it with his own blood, and he's given oversight of it to some men. And when he comes back, he wants an accounting. We need able men who are dependable and say, I will take that responsibility and, and I will help to oversee and to be a faithful steward of what has been entrusted me. An able man, number three, is also one who is mobile. What do I mean by that? He's mobile. Well, he needs to be willing to get out of his living room. He needs to be willing to get out of his easy chair. There are things to do. There are places to go. There are people to minister unto. And you can't do it all from your living room. It doesn't all come to us. Sometimes we have to go to it. Sometimes we have to go where the people are hurting and where the needs are. They're not always knocking on our door. Though sometimes they do. Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every cre- go. The point is go. You have to go. A number of years ago, I had a man say, and I shared this with you before, but we were standing at the back and he was lamenting how many cars were passing the building that Sunday. And uh, we were talking about how to reach out to the lost. And he said, well, as far as I'm concerned, see that sign out there? It has worship times on it. If they're interested, they can come. It's not what the Lord said. I still, they just, uh, I, I don't even like thinking about the way he put that. It was like, tough luck, man. You know, we got it in here. You're out there. If you want it, you can come get it. But don't expect me to do anything to reach out. We got a sign. Jesus didn't say to the world, come. He said to the church, Go. We need able men who can carry the gospel with them, who can go to their neighborhoods and to their co-workers and to their friends and to the weak among us and encourage us and lift us up and point us to Jesus. Men who are mobile. How can we ever fulfill the great commission of go into all the world and preach the gospel if we won't go? We have to go. And then we need able men who are stable men. That's what it means to be able. Not someone who's tossed by every wind of doctrine. Not somebody who you don't know where they're going to come down today. Well, today they said this, but tomorrow I'm not sure what they're going to say. Today they were in a good spirit. Tomorrow, who knows? You know, you never can tell with them. God needs able men who are stable. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 33, stand in the faith. And be strong and courageous. Stand in the faith. Don't, don't, uh, don't fall. Don't run. Stand there. And be strong and courageous. The other day, when we were um, up home uh, for Thanksgiving, it had snowed at my mom's house, and they had about five inches of snow. And so I took Matthew out uh, and... L- told him he needed to be in the brave man's club. 
And so I made him stand against the church building wall with his arms out like this. And then I took snowballs and like did like a, you know, all the way around his, his body. And I, and I hit around, you know, his silhouette. Um, took courage to just stand there while I did that. Well, that, that's what he's saying. He's saying stand in the faith. Don't flee. Don't, don't flinch, but stand. First Thessalonians chapter three and verse eight says, stand fast in the Lord. We need men who have their feet rooted and grounded in truth. So often people are swayed by the, is it new? Does it have a, a different sound to it? Oh, I like that. I've never heard anybody say that before. And people get infatuated with new, with different. And the Lord's saying, stand. Don't, don't, don't be swayed by different things. You, you take root in the Lord and in the word of the Lord. And don't let anybody sway you from that. Ephesians 6 and verse 13, as he goes down through that, that armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, you know, you go down through that, and when he gets done, he says, and having done all to stand, stand. He says, do everything you can, and when you've done everything you can, stand. Do not flee. We need able men who will stand, who won't flee who will stand upright for the truth and who won't compromise to get along and and who love the Lord and His truth more than, well, the accolades of men. No one likes to be disliked, especially in a position of leadership. You're always out there. Uh, you're always subject to criticism. No one likes to be criticized. And, and so there's always a tug and a pull to, to do something to get the praise of men. We don't need men like that, not leading the church. We need men who won't be swayed by criticism and won't be swayed by uh, harsh words, but who will stand fast lovingly, but uncompromisingly for the truth. That's what we need. And, and again, we're at a pivotal time in the life and in the history of this congregation where we need able men. What our elders have shared with us this morning is really they've given a commission to all of us. And and I want all of us to accept what they've asked us to do, the charge they've given us. There are some forms in the foyer. Before you leave here today, grab one of those. Make sure that you get one. And, and think about and pray about and fast as, as they did in the Bible. And give serious consideration. Don't, don't just go about this flippantly. This, we're talking about the church, the future of the church, the leadership of this congregation. And men, let me tell you something. If you're sitting there and you're qualified to serve, I want you to think about God's need for able men to lead his church. Don't be the person who doesn't call or answer the call of God. If you are able and capable and willing, then then serve. And be this able man that the church needs, whether it's in this generation 
or those that have gone before us. God has always needed able men. His church needs able men. And uh, we today, right here, not just the church in general, but the Carnes Church of Christ needs able men to step forward and to serve God in this capacity. And so give, give attention and priority to this over the next couple of weeks as we go about continuing the work that Jesus instituted. The church is a living organism, and from time to time, you know, the, the human body, it's kind of interesting because we just keep replicating ourselves. It's the, the fingers that I have and the fingernails, they're not what I started with but they keep being replicated. And that's the way the church works. And as the church is healthy, it will continue to replicate itself, and it can long outlive all of us here. But when the church gets unhealthy, and when the church gets unhealthy, it fails to replicate itself. Where is the church at Ephesus today? It was Paul worked with them for a number of years. He, he wrote to them. He met them in Miletus, the, the elders there. There's a book written to them. They're mentioned in the book of Revelation. Where are they today? Somewhere along the way, they failed to replicate themselves. Look at all the church. Where are those churches that we read about that were so strong, but 2,000 years later, they, they're not here? Where will Carnes be a hundred years from now? Will, be, will there be a church? Will there be a Carnes Church of Christ a hundred years from now? I hope so, but there's no guarantee. The only way it will happen is if we continue to replicate ourselves. If able men will stand up and accept the responsibility, the stewardship of leading God's people forward and the elders and myself uh, this morning, I, I call you to that end. I, I call you as a church to, to be involved in this process. And I call you as men to be willing to stand up and to serve where you're needed. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, let me encourage you to obey the gospel of Christ. You know, I, as I said when I began, church... Some throw off on it and say, oh, church. Yeah, that's just, that's for women and children and weak people. Church is for everyone. And I'll tell you, I for one, I'm weak. I've failed. And I can't, you, you know why I am a Christian? Because I can't do it myself. I'm not strong enough. I have no problem admitting that I need a Savior. And so, yeah, church is for the weak. You want to say that? Want to throw off on it that way? That's fine. I'll take it. Church is for the weak. I'm weak. It fits me. That's exactly what I need. And if you find that you too are weak and can acknowledge that and say, you know, I, I can't save myself. I've sinned. Then the church is where you need to be. It's the body of people that Jesus has redeemed. And if you haven't, if you've sinned, you need redeemed. 
If you need to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, we'll assist you in that. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful, and, you know, it's just it's time to do right. You spend enough time in sin. Let, let's get back to what really matters. We'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.